Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) Do you want to play any kind of like welcome back music? Welcome back. There we go. That's what I meant. My play is just you sing song <laughs> for everybody. Do you know, I would think that you would hate that song. The Welcome Back Cotter song. Oh, I don't know that. I know the like, welcome back, welcome. I, I thought this through my song. Oh, but the, the one I'm doing is like the P. Diddy version. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, we're on yeah, different yeah. wavelengths. Maybe Jay-Z. I, I think don't know. it's sampled. Welcome back, everybody, yeah. to the podcast. I always find it interesting as a person. I think I consume a lot of podcasts. It's probably Absolutely. like my main medium other than YouTube content consumption because I don't spend a lot of time on social. And I always find it interesting when someone's been gone for like a month on their podcast. They're like, it has been forever. And for the, the listener, you're like, I mean, it's like you're a like, couple I mean, weeks. I was listening to like deal. other shows. But when you're someone who creates something every single week and you publish it every it week feels... and you're used to the rhythm of it, yeah, it does feel like we've not done this for so long. And yet. And we're, here we are. We're back. Here we are. We're back. Uh, very excited to be back in the saddle. I really am. Uh, I think, I'm speaking for myself. Great. Our email newsletter is number one on my list of like my favorite ways to communicate with people. Really? 1.25 on my list, very close, almost tied, is the podcast. Which is a bummer because I can't actually like get a lot of communication back from someone. I really do like the two ways to why the Be honest, is that why the newsletter wins? Because you get replies? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But I just really like podcasting. Like I think I, I, think also I enjoy do. it as a consumer podcast. Like you really feel like you get, you learn something about someone, you know them, you understand their lives, well, especially and, when they're honest. Yeah, you know? and especially because we're not on social that much right now, which is going to change more on that later. But I was thinking the best way to know like what's going on in our lives is probably listening to the podcast. So yeah. you listener have got the inside scoop. Whoa. Whoa. The inside scoop. Okay, she's doing a weird <laughs> thing, guys. And gals and people. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, all right. What's next on our preamble list? Because we have a lot of preamble we got to kind of like get caught well, up on Well, first and foremost, we wanted to thank everybody for the immense feedback on the travel episodes. Yeah, a lot of good feedback on the travel episodes. I honestly thought because this is primarily a business podcast yeah. that people would be like, okay, like whatever we get at your traveling. No, you guys really, you all really enjoyed those. We think it's a business podcast. <laughs> I believe everyone who listens is just like, Laugh. we just listen to you two yahoos. We are like, yahoos. We don't know, and we just ramble We don't know on. what you're going to say. And there's some business stuff, but it's mostly just to listen to you two yahoos. That's fair. Yeah, right along. Uh, so yeah, thanks so much for that. Really good feedback on the four episodes that we published. If you haven't listened to those, that's kind of our lead into our big plans next year, 2020. 22 to travel full time, continue to work and do a little slow travel mindset. I'm not going to like waste your time with that because we did four episodes on it. But just to let you know, we are going to start creating more content mm-hmm. around that upcoming travel because we want to do a bunch of before content and also kind of like work that muscle and build up a routine of creating content around our travels. Video content. Video specifically. content specifically uh, coming up. So we've got a couple of videos. If you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash wandering aimfully. And because just to fill in the blanks yeah, for yeah, those sure. of you here. The idea is to create video content next year while we travel. So yeah. when he says build up that muscle, he's talking yeah. about the video production muscle that we're going to be flexing next year. Yeah. We got to build it, then we got to flex it. We're going to build it. We're going to flex it, you flex it, and then you publish it. That's how building <laughs> muscles work. Then 
Step four, profit. Profit, right there. <laughs> you mean, guys know that, the classic business steps. We have a business. Uh, so yeah, look for it. That's actually the, our YouTube video content will start up. We're going to publish this episode uh, the same week that the first video comes out, our day in the life video, right. which very excited about sharing that because it was a lot of work. <laughs> so, uh, so it'll be fun. But it was really fun. And yeah, and actually, the process. I, I want to come back around on that because you've got a note in the actual topic of this episode about perfectionism. Mm -hmm. And that video will be a good example of that. Okay. Okay. So that's some, some preamble there. Yeah. And then the last thing is just kind of sharing what it's been like taking more of a slow summer as we do. Gosh, a missed opportunity to not just call it slow summer slow summer, yeah. slow su there's like a cruel summer crossover there yeah. but we intentionally uh the past couple of years we have kind of moved into this rhythm where now that we have locked in the twice per year enrollment periods for our coaching program wandering aimfully yep it goes into this like very natural rhythm of we kind of gear up for the spring and then we take it way slower in the summer. We gear back up again for the fall and then we get slower towards the holidays. Yep. Of course, this year will be different because we'll be gearing up to travel. So our holidays will be Weird. less slow and more. We may more... not have any stuff in our house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It'll be very odd. But, um, you know, this... this is I just wanted to have a quick reminder that you, if you own your own business are in charge of the rhythm that you want that business to take on. And, you know, I do think that a lot of the business advice out there is very much you have to be on all the time. Yep. And that's what leads to burnout. Yeah. And it's okay to be consistent and also to take breaks. You, yeah. you can, Those two things can coexist. And we've really been intentional about crafting that for ourselves. And I think it just makes us happier healthier people not to mention when things do gear back up like they're about to do for the fall we're just excited to work again because yeah. we've taken it slower i was just going to ask you so the past i don't know eight weeks or so we've really done nothing content wise like we haven't posted on social mm -hmm. we haven't written emails you know we recorded podcasts four weeks ago but we haven't for the past four weeks we didn't do any video content felt very good you know besides some of your eye stuff which we talked about in sure. those episodes yeah, but the like first it, felt, half of that was it like... felt very good to just like be and just, just enjoy be. and like you know a lot of focus on like exercise and health and those things in the summer but now this week as we're recording this we're really kicking it up so yes. we're going from not doing anything to multiple meetings about things we're working on we've got the newsletters we're writing we've got podcasts we're recording we've got videos we're doing we got a whole production schedule for all this stuff social is mm -hmm. you know something we haven't even talked about together but it's going to be most of the work on your plate how do you feel about all that stuff kicking up? Yeah, there's definitely, it's twofold. There's some hesitation because I know that we have gotten ourselves in the past into situations where we're taking on too much. But I'll be honest, now that we have our processes better in place, there's an excitement because like, I, okay, this is how it feels. Okay, go. When yeah, you, that's what I asked. It's like when you come back for school in when we when you were in school and you were younger I was the big nerd who would get excited for my classes and like get excited to study and like get new wow. new school supplies <laughs> wow. and come yeah. up with like different ways yeah. to like highlight my notes and I don't know I that's, same <laughs> well we'll talk a little bit about that same I really enjoyed that process and that's a little bit how it feels right now yeah. where I've kind of I've let you know notion is our main system that we use to organize everything and I would say I used to just be in there every single day because I had a lot of stuff to juggle and that's how I keep track of it all. But when you're taking it more slowly, you don't need to be in there every day because you don't yeah. need to like know. But now I'm like in there every day and yeah, organizing yeah. stuff and I'm like, okay, today's going to be podcast day and we're going to do the pre-production for the thing tomorrow. So that's what I'm talking about with the break. It allows you to come 
at a period of, you know, increased productivity, so to speak, with more excitement. Yeah. Uh, thank you for asking me how I'm feeling. Uh, I, I'm i very much the same way, and this is what I have learned about our rhythms over the years, is you take the time off and you, you feel a little bit of guilt. You feel right. a little bit like, I should be doing something. I know I should be doing something, but you say, no, don't do anything. No. And you, you're charging up your batteries mm-hmm. so that when we come back to a time like this, like, I'm feeling really motivated. Like, Same. I'm feeling really excited to, I cranked out two newsletter drafts yesterday, uh, which our newsletters job. are not short. Thank you. They're, uh, they're, I will just give a quick shout out. They are value packed, my yeah. friends. Uh, we can talk about the the theme of the newsletter because I think for anybody who might not be a newsletter subscriber to like understand the theme might get them excited to sign up. We'll talk about that in a second. Great. Um, we're in the preamble. We got plenty of time. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, you know, we did this first day in the life video, which spoiler alert, we already finished because we're, you know, doing things ahead of time for once in our lives. <laughs> and we, I think we got a really good process for that. I and we're going to so learn from that each week as we move forward. So I'm kind of excited about that because video has always been a friction point for for us on creating mm-hmm. that together the podcast i feel like it's super dialed in like we don't do a lot of production here as you guys know it's just a lot of us just pontificating like, you guys yeah production wow but, but having a schedule where we have this like tuesdays are a podcast recording and editing uh and planning for a youtube video wednesdays are going to be youtube video filming thursdays are going to be main editing day for me fridays are going to be getting all the email stuff ready for the next week yeah and being in that rhythm for the next couple weeks it's not a forever you know we're doing right. this for about six weeks because that's when our launch is going to be and then after that we'll kind of slowly taper things back down and figure out you know what we want to keep and what we want to slow down and you know all that but i just say that because i think for anybody who feels like they're just on the hamster wheel of content creation like oh, i just have to get when you take a break, it doesn't feel like a hamster wheel that you're coming back to. It feels like that first day of school where you just want to go to class, you want to pick classes, oh I don't my know, God. whatever my binders we, are color coordinated. I've wrapped doing. my books in those brown paper bags. I mean, my favorite so part awesome. was getting a new Trapper Keeper. I can tell Come you that. On, thank that was you. my favorite part. But picking classes and going Loved to them, Trapper Keeper. not at all. Zip it up, put some stuff in there. Um. Okay. Yeah. That was. What else did I say? The other? Oh, what is? What are the emails about the next five? Yeah. Five weeks. So we are doing a little series we love a little newsletter series called grow it gradually really we're just using all the phrases that have the word grow in it (laughs) but we came up with this idea that it would be fun to share tips at every sort of stage of business so financial stage of financial stage of business recognizing that monetary you know revenue of your business is not the most important thing but we recognize that money brings freedom. And so what were the three tips that got us from $0 a month starting from scratch to you know $500 yep. a month? Like what was that first big jump like? Yep. And then what were the tips that got us from 500 a month to 1500 a month? And yep. then from 15 to 3000 and then 3000, you know? Yep. And so you really, I, I do think that there's different focus and different key things that kind of allow you to um, grow gradually yeah. at each of those stages if um, that is your goal yeah i'm really excited for this newsletter series mostly from the standpoint of, that we know we have people in our newsletter audience and that might be you listening as well who are all at these different levels and one of the really important things that we say in the first email is there's no judgment of what level you are at we're not trying to get you to go from one level to the next if you don't want to we're just sharing what we learned and what really helped us in those levels yeah because i think that's just a really uh tough part of business is to go, I know I need to make more than $500 a month to have this be sustainable, but like, what do I do? And and what are the things that are actually going to move the needle for me? And oftentimes you're going to the quote unquote successful, you know, business experts or whatever to learn. Yeah. 
And yet that successful, quote unquote, business expert is they don't remember what it was like at zero dollars. Like they're not giving you the advice that you need at that point. And so we're really trying to challenge ourselves to put back that mindset of where we were at the very beginning. What what were the three key things? So anyway, you can sign up for that. Yeah. WanderingInfully.com slash newsletter. Really easy to find. Yep. All right. You ready to get into this? I am. Okay. So it's interesting that we started off this preamble talking about our processes and how that has helped us get excited about creating content because as much as I didn't really write this down in the notes, but I do think it is a... Are we allowed to say it if it's not in the notes? No. Then what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I do think it's a logical lead-in to our topic for this podcast, which is procrastination because processes, spoiler alert, have really helped me as a chronic procrastinator be able to cope with that and and get a lot better at that but I wanted to talk about procrastination from a little bit of a different angle and that is through the lens of compassion and frame this trait that I feel like very often is used we use it as like a critical character flaw for ourselves oh I'm a procrastinator I can't just do things and and it really starts to become a thing that we don't like about ourselves not realizing that there are reasons for that procrastination that are deep in our psyche. And I want to talk about and explore some of those so that we can have some more compassion for ourselves because I think more compassion for our procrastination might help us actually move, move through it and past it. It's interesting how productivity is a badge of honor. Yeah. And, procrastination would be a badge of dishonor no it's a badge of dishonor if you're a procrastinator you need to like feel guilty about it yeah and it's like no you absolutely you're disappointing people you're disappointing yourself you're like no and and i think that one thing that i've really learned from you because you know as a human being we live so much in our own existence right we live so much in our own head and when we started dating and started especially working together I really realized, I mean, I knew this from working in a nine to five job, but you kind of don't know because like everyone's working on like this bigger business that you don't really have any control over. Mm -hmm. But when you're working on your own business, you start to realize like every hour that you put into things, it matters. And every Mm -hmm. decision that you make is not necessarily important, but it it has an impact. And every delay, even, you know, most self-imposed delay, you are paying the consequence for that, which I think can then breed being harder on yourself right because you're like oh I have these dreams for myself and for my business why can't I just sit down and do the work or I've been trying to get this you know marketing bridge up for six months now or I remember when I was trying to start a blog this is like way back before I started my business but I wanted to start a blog yeah and a year I went a year thinking about doing this and I just kept putting it off and putting it off I couldn't come up with a name I couldn't figure out what platform and it became this source of um yeah criticism for myself and starting to be so down on myself like why can't I just do it and I know a lot of people are in that space right now and the problem is it's not just the procrastination it's then the guilt and the shame about the procrastination that further holds them back yeah exactly and and I think that's one that I hope that's the big takeaway of this episode obviously all the preamble stuff is the most important part but is really just to shift your thinking on how you feel about procrastination of no longer a badge of dishonor 
it doesn't necessarily have to be a badge of honor, but it can just not be a negative thing. Right. And so something interesting and kind of one of the original seeds for this episode, we shared, I shared a tweet that I came across um, in one of our coaching sessions. And it was a quote about procrastination. And it resonated so much with a lot of our waymers. And so I was like, we got to do a whole podcast episode about this. Um, but I will read the quote because I think that it could shift something for someone. Um this quote is it's from a medium article by david kane and the medium article if you want to look it up is called procrastination is not laziness i might link it up in the show notes link it up in the show notes uh but i also want to acknowledge that he makes reference to i guess um something that's written in neil fiore's book the now habit so just kind of giving credit where credit's due but the quote uh goes like this so It turns out procrastination is not typically a function of laziness, apathy, or work ethic as it is often regarded to be. It's a self-defense behavior that develops to protect a person's sense of self-worth. You see, procrastinators tend to be people who have, for whatever reason, developed to perceive an unusually strong association between their performance and their value as a person. This makes failure or criticism disproportionately painful, which leads naturally to hesitancy when it comes to the prospect of doing anything that reflects their ability, which is pretty much everything. Yeah. And so he goes on to say, procrastination gives a person a temporary hit of relief from this pressure of having to do things, which is a self-rewarding behavior. So it continues and becomes the normal way to respond to these pressures. And what I liked about that quote was that it sort of was a light bulb moment for me of understanding the deeper root. Because if you if you are someone who's like a chronic procrastinator, which I was for many, many, many years, there, it, there's this mystery to it. You're like, I don't understand why I choose this every time. So I would spend so many nights pulling all-nighters in college to write papers when I had six weeks to do the paper. And I would wait till the last night to try to sling back monster energy drinks, stay up all night and write this paper. And I would do it over and over and over again. And I would say, what is wrong with me? You even did it in the beginning of business, right? Like that that kept going into business stuff as well. Yeah, I would be like, what is wrong with me? Not realizing like this, this aha moment was about, oh, I know now this is my brain's way of protecting me actually. My brain is registering that, you know, and this this really resonated with me personally, my personality type. I do I for many years I have struggled with my worth and my work being so intrinsically tied together. So if you start to work on something, it feels like the stakes, the high stakes of your worth are on the chopping block every time. So of course your brain's going to be like uh, don't want to confront that painful feeling or that painful reality. And I know that sounds drastic, but I do think some of you out there are going to resonate with this and, and understand that's what your brain is trying to do when it tells you to work on anything else except for that the, project the or that yeah. thing. Because yeah. the stakes feel so high. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember being like a big procrastinator, which is not a surprise to many people who know me that well. But I do remember that I really procrastinated on things I just didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. So that was always my procrastination tactic was like the things I didn't want to do, I just would put them off until the last minute. Like writing papers was definitely one of them. Like I was writing papers like the morning of something mm-hmm. was due because I just really didn't want to do it. I didn't see a point to it. it didn't, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And and over time, we'll, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, like what I realized for myself that was really helpful and granted it's a lot easier on smaller tasks but like 
I just want to get the uncomfortable thing done as quickly as possible right. and get it out of the way, get it out of my mind, get it off my plate. And I, what I realized in doing this is it just made me feel better. Yeah. It made me feel more in control of how I was looking at these different situations by going, oh, if I let this linger on and on and on and on and on, I just feel crappy and yeah. I don't want to feel crappy anymore. So what can I do to change that? And what I started doing was just, I don't know if you want to jump to this or if I'm jumping too far ahead, but it's like that eat the frog phrase where it's like, let me just get this thing done and then it'll open up the world of like everything else that I actually want to be doing and this thing will be done. Yeah, I, I think I think it's really interesting. I do think, well, first of all, before I get into this, keyword hard, okay? Keyword I think hard. I can remember that. Ah, <laughs> 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 Before we get into that, I wanted to acknowledge something because this is not an area that I know a lot about, but I've been learning through social media and seeing people who have, you know, had diagnoses as adults for things like ADHD or like, that's the interesting thing about social media. I mean, listen, t take your your mental health diagnoses on TikTok with a grain of salt, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I learn about how other people's brains work. And people who have ADHD, I think I've learned that procrastination can be a symptom of that. And something that I've learned that, that you know, people with this diagnosis have struggled with is, again, thinking procrastination is a character flaw, not realizing that they have this, this you know, neurodivergence, this different way that their brain operates. And something that they have used as a way to criticize themselves now coming to this diagnosis and realizing, oh, this is why my brain does this. Right. So I just want to bring that back to this idea of compassion. And if you're someone who does have a diagnosis like that um, or, or whose brain operates differently, recognizing that trying to prescribe to the world's ideas about trying to power through or, or be yeah. productive at all times, like that's not for you and and being okay with that um and and finding the methods that can support you in the way that your brain works and if some of the tips that we're even um sharing on this podcast episode don't apply to you because of that please feel empowered to you know seek out those resources and know you just apply a, a degree of self-awareness um i would actually love to hear from any of our listeners right now who do you know find themselves in that camp and that they've struggled with uh procrastination if you're someone with adhd and you struggle with procrastination and you've come up with ways that have that work for your brain i would love to hear about it so email us at hello at wandering because we have waymers who um you know have those diagnoses as well and i would love to be able to support them better i don't think it's always helpful being two people who don't have adhd saying here's how we overcome yeah procrastination but you know if our brains don't work that way then it's a little bit of advice that doesn't apply yeah i think one thing that people appreciate about especially like in our wandering Infleet community and in our member community specifically is that we're always just trying to be honest about who we are and saying this is how we do things right take it so with a grain of salt we're not the people who are like this is how things have to be done to grow a business and be successful right it's just about saying here's how we've done them here are our circumstances our privilege our you know all these different things our experiences Take it with a grain of salt. Right. Please. And and even if, for example, the reframing that I described where you realize that the procrastination comes from, you know, an avoidance of pressure or things like that, even if that doesn't apply to you, I would hope that the idea of reframing procrastination through the lens of compassion is a broad enough lens that it could help you. Yeah. Um, but going back to my keyword about hard, when you were describing what you were saying about how what's worked for you is just realizing that 
once you get that thing out of the way, you feel lighter, you feel better. I don't know. It kind of reminded me of, let me see if I can form this thought that just came to me because sometimes I can't put you can do it. thoughts into words. We but all believe in you. It was reminding me of exercise, for example, and where if you haven't, like for me, being a person who really hate, quote unquote, hated exercise, all I could think about with exercise is that the dislike of the pain of exercising, like it's hard, right? Yeah. Like you're breathing heavy, you're sweating, it's difficult, you're being confronted with all these limitations of your body. Like it's just, it's hard. Yeah. And so whenever I would think about exercise, all I could think of was the hard thing. Now, once I started exercising, I start getting that positive feeling after the hard thing where I feel just accomplished. I feel better. I sleep better. You get all the health benefits of moving your body. And now your brain is latching onto the positive part of the experience and realizing that it's it's worth the hard thing to get to the better thing on the other side of it, if that yeah. makes sense. I view procrastination as a, in a similar way. If you're someone who has chronically procrastinated, all your brain sees is the hard thing. The feeling of being guilty, of putting things off, the the task of sitting down to your computer or whatever and being con confronted with this thing that is going to be hard to do, write a paper, yeah. do a project, whatever. But if you can do it enough times, if you can confront that pain, quote unquote, enough times to feel the lightness on the other side of it, to feel that feeling of, ah, oh, I finally got it off my plate. If you can start to rebuild those neural pathways and tell your brain, give it a new reward system of realizing, okay, yes, that is a hard thing, but the feeling that I get, the positive feeling I get on the other side of it is worth it. I think that can be a breakthrough. And yeah. that at least has been a breakthrough for me in no longer, you know, I still have my little things that, that slip by here and there, but yeah. I, I would not describe myself any longer as a person who chronically procrastinates. And it's because I intentionally have attached my brain to this positive feeling of getting it off my plate. Yeah, yeah, and I, that for me was just such an, uh, an interesting turn in the way I thought about doing things. And I think this was really like around like 2006, 2007 when I started my first business, this small graphic design company. And I just realized like, oh, hold on a second. Like I, I have no one telling me what to do. I, I now have to do all these things. Like I have to answer the emails. I have to reach out to clients. I have to do all the bills. I have to do all the paper. I, like the longer I put those things off, the more my business suffers. Mm -hmm. And just starting to realize like, oh, I, I'm the keeper of this domain. Like I, I have to make these decisions. And if I get these things done first, then I can do all the stuff I actually want to be doing. I can do the things that actually feel good. And then what you start to realize is like, some of that stuff just gets a lot easier. I will say though, some things that you procrastinate on will just never get easier. <laughs> and for me, that's like, paperwork shit like i will it, it, there's just something in my brain you hate it i hate it like i get a letter from the irs that's like we need this form such and such my brain comes to a screeching halt and is like avoid this at all costs yeah and it's not because i'm worried about being audited or anything like that like i don't know that might be fun like i saw will ferrell was an irs auditor in that movie and like i'd be fun <laughs> to meet him but it's it's more just of like my brain hates this task so much so what I've learned is I just outsource those tasks. Mm. I just find people to help me do those things, whether it's our bookkeeper or a CPA or a lawyer or whatever. And, and, I'm, not, and I'm just like, I, they can't do all of them, but for the majority of them, I can take a photo of that, send it to someone and say, what, what needs to be done with this? What about if you couldn't do that? What if you couldn't outsource it? Do you have any, how would you tackle that task? 
even though you really hate it. Like, so this kind of gets into our recommendations for things that we've learned of how. Yeah. And again, take this with a grain of salt. It's for the way that our brains work. So something that comes to mind is for you, you're, you have a very practical brain. Yeah. So I assume that realization that you just described of realizing as much as I hate this, it will not get done until yeah. I do it. Yeah. So like that realization, I feel like helps yeah. you just to be like, well, it sucks now or it sucks later. So I might as well suck now. And I didn't like, I remember back to like our early days of that, that first business, like I didn't have people to outsource to cause I didn't know anybody. So I just like had to figure it out. So what I did is I had like paperwork day and it right. would just be like one day out of the month or the week or whatever. And it's like, that's the day when I sit down and I go, I, this is the day I have to do these things. Yep. I'm not doing anything else. I have to figure this out, whatever this is. And what you tend to find out is you like get into that task and it doesn't take anywhere near as long as your brain has told you that's going to take. Like, right. well, the rest of my life, I'm going to be filling out a form 947SL-4. <laughs> like, it's not true. It's just you don't know what that thing is and it's really just a burden on your time and energy. Yeah, so this gets into, I think I have maybe like four or five recommendations for trying to make progress in spite of your procrastination. And that one to me is a little bit in the category of artificial deadlines. Yeah. I do think that this is a tip that has helped me personally. And it, that comes in all forms. So it could be a, a, a paperwork day or a, you know, things I've been putting off day. For me, recently, it's been just every day I usually have a task that I want to procrastinate because it's the hardest thing of my day. And what I've started doing is we, we really like time blocking. Uh, you know, I, I think that's a part of this as well is saying, okay, from 11 to 1, I'm, I'm setting that time aside on my calendar to do deep focused work. And I've already told myself that the rules are you got to do this task during this block. So that helps, but also having that artificial deadline, that deadline that I say, okay, before lunch at one o'clock, I know I that I have enough time to get this done, so I'm going to get it done. And something that I've really liked lately is looking up on YouTube, study with me sessions. Mm -hmm. um, it's I, I don't know if these are like college people or maybe they're, you know, in graduate degrees or whatever, but it's just people who record themselves literally studying with music. I like the ones with music. And they do usually Pomodoro timers. So they'll do like a 40-minute work block with a five-minute break or whatever the Pomodoro yeah. technique is. But I love it because I put it on. There's a little timer. I get the music, which is what I would listen to anyway. It's just instrumental, like chill hop music. And I say, okay, me and this girl on the internet <laughs> are going to try to do our thing. Yeah. And that, and can I get this task done before the timer goes off? Yep. And that artificial deadline helps me get that task done which moves into the second tip that we talked about which is related which is that eat the frog yeah. metaphor yeah and if you haven't heard of this quote it's a it's a quote made famous by mark twain just about like doing the the quote is related to if you eat a frog in the morning like basically everything else is easy because you did this yeah. awful let's thing. not eat frogs let's so not everybody, eat frogs we don't need to we're but assuming metaphorically. we're assuming it's like a pe you know how like the easter peeps peeps it's yeah. a marshmallow it's a frog. frog it's a peep frog it's a peep frog <laughs> eat the peep frog eat the okay? peep frog uh, adapted by wandering aimfully the there famous quote adapted yeah. by eat the peep frog but it is that idea of doing the thing that is the hardest first so that everything else is downhill i would say 
maybe it's the thing that's the hardest in that it's the biggest, most important task. But sometimes I think it's just the thing that is weighing on you the yeah. most. Do that first. The thing that Try you're that. resisting the most. The thing that carries the most guilt for you. Sometimes for me, that's even as simple as like texting someone back. Like I've put off now, you know, texting someone back to the point where I'm like, maybe they'll just forget that we're friends. Like maybe <laughs> they'll just, but it weighs on me. And maybe every... the IRS will forget they need the 942L-3. Exactly. Guess what? They, they don't. They don't. Will Ferrell's coming. And every day that goes by, it sits heavier and heavier on my heart. Yeah. But that's the weird thing about procrastination is your brain, the 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 heavier it gets on your heart, the higher the stakes feel to your brain and the more your brain wants to protect you. So the more you procrastinate. This is a very silly thing to do, but I know I think this often when I'm presented with like an important task and I know I need to get done that I've been putting off, which is the idea of like, all right, I'm about to strap in. And, and legitimately, I do this. I'm like, okay, I'm closing all the apps that have red notifications yeah, on my laptop. Yeah, give me your strap in. Yeah, yeah. Here's, I'm strapping okay, in. Okay, give me okay. strapping in for Jason. I am strapping in. I close down every app that has a potential notification. Yes. Slack, email, anything else. You know, my phone is like away from my computer. Like yes. I can't even see it or whatever. I put my computer in do not disturb mm. immediately. I got my AirPods in. I go into Spotify. I choose my do the work playlist mm -hmm. that I created like 10 years ago. Thank you, 10 years ago self. Just find any music that you like. My go-to is the Tron Legacy Daft mm. Punk thing. I also have a Synthwave uh, playlist that I found that's great. I turn that sucker on. I turn it up so this thing is blaring. I am strapped in. Strapped in. Like the, the seatbelt couldn't be tighter. Mm -hmm. If we get in a, in a wreck, the buildings are going to bounce off me. <laughs> I'm not bouncing off buildings because I am so strapped in. And then I do the thing. And it's like I've prepped my brain yes. to do the hard task as opposed to what I know I used to do, which is like, do, 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 do. Or I me, open like, my laptop, put I sit on, a on the show couch, in the background. I'm like, oh, here we go. And like, put let's do the hard thing. And then guess what happens? You don't do the hard thing. Right. And I, I remember living that life before where I would have a hard task to do. And I just never, I never strapped in for it. I didn't yeah. like get myself geared up. And then once you're done, you're like, okay, cool. Now I can like unclick the button and I'm not strapped in anymore. I can do yeah. the rest of my day. And like I said, I think the key there, it, what allows you to be able to do that, the strapping in, is just tremendous self-awareness and compassion. And yeah. going, oh, I see what my brain is doing. It's, yeah. it's doing the thing where it's scared and it, it wants the phone next to me because it wants an easy out. And it wants the, the distractions on because it doesn't want to confront the hard reality of feeling like this project is high stakes. But guess what? I see you, brain. Yeah. And I thank you for it. But I'm about to strap in. We're about to strap in. Watch out, buildings. I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> so our tips that we just went over were artificial deadlines, yep. which are helpful. Eating the frog. No. Eating the peep frog. Thank you. <laughs> uh, this one wasn't an official one, but let's call it just strapping in. Strapping. Which basically in. just means come up with a way to prep your yeah, brain for work find your own, your own routine. And I talk about this a lot with Wandering Infly members, not to be, you know belabor this point, but I do think it is very helpful, whether it's like sitting down to write something, whether it's sitting down to answer emails, whether it's like doing client work. You need to create a space. You need to create mm -hmm. a routine. A you need a strap-in zone where you can just like get in the groove. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to be your desk at all times. It's going to be a thing where you're like, okay, I, you know what I do? I go into the bathroom. I put the <laughs> toilet seat down. 
I sit on the toilet. I get a little bit of toilet paper for the tears that are coming because I got to look at this form 942L-3 and I strap in. This is the way I strap in. Now, if you're there, you could also do the other things you need to do. But then just saying like, whatever that is for you, find that thing. Don't just sit at your desk thinking, this is where I sit every single day of my life and I'm just going to get the harder thing done. You have well-worn rhythms and routines that you're trying to fight against. Maybe you need a hard thing zone. Build a hard thing. Build a strap-in zone in your house. You can climb into, even better if it's like a climbable object. No, I think it is a really good point that you just brought up, which is that sometimes if you've spent many, many years being distracted or getting into these patterns, your desk might honestly be the worst place for you to strap in because... It's used to checking things, notifications. It's yep. used to going to Twitter. It's yeah. used to doing all these things. So maybe identifying like a new zone, a little yeah. strap-in zone. You do the hard thing in the morning. And, and I don't know, maybe just something to experiment with and try. Do you remember where I wrote mo- the majority of my first book in our house in Florida? The dining room table. And? The dining room table. The garage. Do you remember we had that couch in the garage? Ew, no. Yeah, we were trying what? to get rid of it. Like, I just, it, it's very hard to write a book. It's in very Florida? Difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have photos that I remember. So the dining room table was the bulk of it. And then even being at the dining room table for, like, however long I was there, I just, like, couldn't build up the, like, initiative to write. And so I was like, I got to change this up. And okay, I went after in, we I get off the yeah. podcast, you need to find that photo. Oh, I'll find I'm it. Like, yeah. I'm like having... There's a photo of Little Plaxico with me, too, like, in this couch oh, in the cute. garage. That was your yeah. strap zone. Yep. Okay, so... Your strap zone might change. That was the point. That's the point. Yeah. There's so many points. Be on the toilet. Strapped in. <laughs> uh, a third tip would be getting comfortable with imperfection. Well, a fourth tip. We said strap in was a bonus tip. A fourth tip would be getting comfortable with imperfection. This is a hard one, and it's just, it's a mindset shift more than anything. But again, going back to that passage I read, if you if you are the type of person who resonates with this idea that procrastination stems from your worth work entanglement recognizing that something that might hold you back is the pressure to do everything right immediately when you start something and that's probably what makes you put it off because you're like oh gosh I I don't feel equipped to do this perfectly when I sit down to write the book or I sit down to do the you know email course or whatever you're trying to do and so the more you can get comfortable with this idea of starting messy starting ugly starting imperfectly the better you'll be at just starting. Yeah. And really that's the antidote to procrastination is just starting, getting started. Here's a question and I hope everybody perks their earballs up Perk and listens them. to your answer. Okay. Have you ever, do you think, published anything, art, newsletter, podcast, video, website, anything, client design that was perfect? No. Never, right? No, because we know that. But this is the thing, like, I think we all look to anybody and I would go out on a limb and say that many of you listening to this look to us and you're like, guys, you put out like such polished things and they always look like you've like, yeah, but we don't see them that way. We see them as like, we just had to get this thing done. Like we slogged through getting this thing done. And, and I think your answer to that is the exact answer that I was looking for because like the day in the life video that's going to come out the same week that this podcast episode comes out. I want to reshoot <laughs> half of the video, the B-roll in that video. Yeah. Because now that I've looked at it 50 times through 30 hours of editing. You see all the ways it can like be better. Like the, the coffee porn that, that I have in it. I hate it at this point. Spoiler alert, there's coffee there's porn. There's coffee porn. But like, I, I know I could do a better job. I know I could get like the coffee pour better. I know I could get the steam better. Like there's no steam in any of the shots. Like why is there there's no steam? There's no steam? But these oh, are the things that my brain, it. like I, I know. I'm fighting against. Yeah. And I just keep telling myself... But guess what, brain? 
that little bit better of a coffee segment in that video for literally seven seconds yeah no one gives a shit about it <laughs> there may be a few people who are like mm, that shot's not great but guess what they're not going to judge the entire video by that right and the the more important thing is like so at least you've already made well, the nothing's video more important than coffee porn let's okay, be honest absolutely okay great. let's be clear yeah you've already made you know, we've already made the video right and now you're perfecting it but so many people latch on to procrastination because their brain is telling them that they have to have the steam yeah before they even shoot a single frame yeah yeah and so i think recognizing if that if you fall into that category where perfectionism really holds you back the only way to fight against that is practice yeah. it's it's just forcing yourself to make things knowing they're going to be imperfect it's it's us hitting publish on that video knowing there could be more steam in yeah. that coffee porn yeah, yeah. but oh, yeah. just knowing i mean there's no steam so not more <laughs> any would be great uh the and other okay with that. the other interesting kind of uh hack for that video which uh -huh. i think applies to anything that you might be creating content wise is that video got to a place where we both agreed it was done and i uploaded it to youtube me uploading it to youtube was like i, I can't I'm not going to re-edit and re-upload it. That's right. too much effort. So I I'm done. Like, right. I can't do it. So that's hitting send on a newsletter that you don't think is good enough. That's hitting go on a workflow, uh, like an automated email workflow that you want to start. That's hitting publish on a new website that you're currently working on that you've been working on forever. That's hitting uh, upload on a graphic on social media or a video or whatever. Like, it is making that thing out in the world and existing. And here's the really funny thing about how you feel about that. You're going to know every imperfection of that thing and like see it and be mm -hmm. like, oh, everyone's not going to know there's no steam in this coffee <laughs> shop. Guess what? No one was no even one thinking about steam. Cares. The problem is that we have waymers now who are going to comment about the steam <laughs> Where's missing. Where's steam, bro? <laughs> but my, my point is, is that for the majority of our history of specifically content creation, doing anything, publishing anything, all the imperfections that you see no one sees or cares about. Absolutely. And something interesting, I think in those examples that you gave, a lot of the emphasis was put on kind of the final step, right? Publishing or blah, blah. What I think is interesting is, especially as it relates to procrastination, is for a lot of people, that that voice in their head about perfectionism comes at the first step. Right. And so it's like, I wish I had like a graph visual, but it's like the... Explain it. The difficulty level from step zero to step one is like a hundred so we got a bar chart so the bar chart is all the way filled up i don't can't decide if it's a line <laughs> chart <laughs> it's definitely a chart give me let's go bar chart we're gonna go bar, it's chart. A bar chart it's okay, filled okay, all the okay. way up it's okay. red okay step one zero to one is a hundred this difficulty. is our new podcast okay. <laughs> we just described it's called jason carroll described charts it's called that you'll never see <laughs> okay go ahead chart art I, I know, I'm trying stop, to think of stop, the name. Stop, 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 stop. But, okay, step zero to one is like 100 in difficulty. Yes. But step one to two is like... 75. 75. Yeah. And then, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 and then it goes back up again at the very end. But what the point I want to make is this is also a huge tip. I have on here that step number five or six, we've lost count, doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, who cares? Is breaking down big projects into small steps. But the addendum to that is one thing I've realized is step one... Make step one the easiest effing yeah. thing that you can think of. Absolutely. Opening the Google Doc. Yeah. Step one. Uh, starting the Notion document. Step yeah. one. Uh, 
typing out bullet points. Getting step the, one. Getting the camera gear out, out of the closet. Of the closet. And step where one. Where you can see it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Writing down something. Step one. I have real like perfect example is we have a new product. Should I talk about it or not? The, yeah, the sure. product. Okay. We have a new. This is we have everyone who listens to this knows. I am Captain Spoiler Alert. I know. You are Captain Anti-Spoiler. I know. So you never have to ask Captain Spoiler okay, okay, Alert. Okay, okay, okay. You're right, you're right. You keep zero secrets. Ask yourself real quick. <laughs> That's a good yeah. question. Can I? Okay, I will. Oh, great. So we have a new product coming out with our fall enrollment period. It's We're calling it the Page Layout Library, and it's basically just a library of wireframes high fidelity wire high fidelity wireframes of different pages on your website so that when you're you know creating your website or new pages like a landing page for an email course or uh, a new about page a or sales page. A, a sales page yeah. you have someone aka me who has already created layouts for you so you don't have to do too much thinking like okay here are the things you want to include and then you can kind of mess around with it for there so i know that i need this product to be finished by our launch which is in september and I know that this week is one of the biggest weeks I have to work on it. And I've been putting it off. I've been yeah. procrastinating it. But um, to yesterday, the only to-do list on my for that project was just start the XD file. Yeah. So what I did was I opened a new XD file. I named it page layout library yeah. i created the artboards for all 10 of the layouts that i knew and that's what i did for the day great and let me tell you how excited i am to work on the project now because i started it yeah. i got the ball rolling it's not weighing on me like it was before and now my brain is not like oh these things are so high stakes it's like oh we got it going yeah let's just get in there yeah yeah I, the, there's so much to be said for what we've learned over the years in creating thousands of pieces of content and products and all this stuff is the worst thing you can do is keep it as a bullet to do item and not start it the best thing you can do is just be like I, it, i'm just starting i'm yeah. gonna open up a file i'm gonna title it and i'm gonna put some words on a page yep and those don't have to be good they don't have to be useful they don't have to be anything that's gonna be in the final product they're just getting you moving forward get the ball rolling and that momentum is what carries you to go I'll put in two more hours on that today. Mm -hmm. Or ah, I'm actually kind of excited to open up that XD file and start working on it. And that's where you start to get out of the routines of, oh, I, you know, this is a really hard task. I don't want to do this. And you go, oh, no, I've now made this task much easier. I've broken it down into these more actionable steps. So my bar chart that's all the way up at 100, well, now I'm at 75 and it actually feels like 50 or 25. Like I, I can get in and do it because the task that I have to do is actually more doable. Mm -hmm. This is not a tip, but also just having a process. So like Notion is our organization, but I have found that if you write it down, there's so much less of a chance that it will get forgotten. And when things get forgotten is when they pile up and you procrastinate and then they start to feel yeah. un undoable. And, you impossible. know, a good, good note for those of you who are not maybe process oriented people is that. Notion is not going to fix all your problems. Absolutely. Asana, Airtable, like all these apps, they're not going to fix all your problems. The key is to find the one that you actually return to most often. That's right. And it helps you get things done. For me, it's not Notion. No, it's not. For me, it is the Notes app. Yep. I just do a really good job. My brain likes the way that that works. Simplicity. I, I get a lot of things done. I get started. I get going. I keep lists. I do... Then I move things to Notion that we're collaborating on most times. And we have a process that we figured out together. But you're someone who has gone from like every to-do app out there and each one has provided its own purpose. It helped you get from one stage to another. 
And it's just about giving yourself permission that just because everyone's using X app doesn't mean you need to, to be a more productive person. In fact, I would argue it's probably something completely different so that you don't get lost in the procrastination of figuring all of that new mm -hmm. app out and then not actually doing the things you wanted to do. 100%. So just to wrap up here, the last tip and the most important one of all, which is the entire purpose behind this episode, is just to view procrastination through the lens of compassion to yeah. understand what the deeper purpose is behind why your brain is choosing to not do that thing to not see it as some deep character flaw that you're a bad person that you just don't have the skills that everyone else has but to just say okay i get it my brain's trying to protect me from x y or z how can I work with that? How can I, knowing this about myself, come up with processes or tips or behaviors or habits that allow me to move the ball forward on my goals and dreams, you know, working with that part of myself. Great wrap up. I tried. That was a really good wrap up. That's it. All right. That's all of our notes on procrastination. Hope it was helpful. Hope you got a couple tips there. There were like six to 13, however many we numbered incorrectly. <laughs> really lost number. Doesn't really matter. Uh, let's wrap up with our movies. Movies are back. Uh, because we haven't podcasted for so long, it's been forever, uh, you may have forgotten that we watch two movies every Saturday night and we like to share our very quick reviews and any little tidbits that we learned about these movies. It's our favorite date night activity. We, we've not run out of, but we're getting low on quote-unquote classic movies. We're getting low on movies that we are excited about. Right. Like, there's older. a whole category of submarine thrillers. And as you guys you know. you are not interested in submarine, submarine thrillers. thrillers but thrillers, thrillers on land? Thrillers yeah. in a boat? I'll take it. Thrillers on a train? Absolutely. Thrillers on a plane? Submarines? You'll take it. But you get underwater in a confined space? Mm -mm. Get Carol out of here. Don't like it. Uh, so we didn't watch those. So our two movies this weekend, uh, we went rogue on classics, and we went to a newer movie, which was quiet place two a quiet place two i think we're gonna start maybe mixing it up and doing an old and a new well maybe like i was saying because now we're there's kind a lot of running more movies out of coming 90s out. movies right and we also don't want to watch the ones that are just we know gonna be problematic like yeah. there are a handful of 90s movies where you're like oh i remember watching that movie and that could be fun but then you just think about like the plot of it you're like this is just going to be a misogynistic fest the entire time like it's speaking not... of misogyny point break let's talk about point break <laughs> <laughs> all right so we'll start with point break as the so we watch point break and a quiet place two Yes. Movies separated by 30 years. That's fun. That's fun. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? You haven't told me that yet. And I'm just thinking of when you realized that. When did you Just come now. Up? Just really? Literally just now. That's precious. Thank you. You were so excited. Are you excited by it? Yeah. Yeah, you are. 91. 91. 2021. Keanu and Patrick Swayze. Yes. Patrick Swayze rocking that uh, gold beard, which you don't see too often in films. There's not a lot of blonde beards in films. Yeah. It really... So, Jason... I don't think you've ever seen Dirty Dancing, have you? By choice. I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to love Dirty Dancing. Does he have a blonde beard in that? Mm, I don't think, think so. Beard. I don't think he... But I just want to tell you that, like, it was... I mean, Patrick Swayze is beloved. People yeah, love him. Yeah. But it was very shocking for me to see the Patrick Swayze of Dirty Dancing. I've never, also never seen Ghost. He's in Or Ghost. Roadhouse. You probably haven't seen. No, I haven't. Yeah. So, but seeing him in Point Break, which yeah. is a movie I've never seen. Yeah as this like surfer character yeah. was like really shocking to me because uh, he's not doing but any I'll dancing you, i'll tell you what he really sold it i yeah. think by yeah. the end i was like okay he sold this to me yeah and we were also discussing like what a complex character he was i was like very okay, much explain yeah. this to me he's like a very like um you know in touch with nature and yep. peaceful person surfer, surfer yeah. person Most... but then also he's like he's really like buck the system anti-establishment uh 
spoiler alert, uh, bank robber. Bank robber. Yeah, I think I think people the thirty years ago were not spoiling anything. <laughs> well, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We won't spoil anything in Quiet Place too. Literally, all I knew that? about Point Break was surfing. That's Keanu all I knew. And Patrick so imagine in. my surprise when we're watching this movie yeah. and like ten minutes in, it's Keanu Reeves. He's an FBI agent, and we're talking about bank robberies. And I'm like, yeah. whoa, 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 yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's can I ask you? What? What's your biggest surprise of the movie? I hope you say the thing that I want you to say. The biggest surprise of yeah. the movie. Like you, you think back to watching point break and you're like that was the biggest surprise in this movie like the twist nope <laughs> just the, the movie as a whole it might be i don't want to give it away what, what i think the surprise is i want you to work through this think back on the movie it's something okay. we like clearly called out together <laughs> we were like what a surprise yeah. <laughs> give me a hint yeah give me a hint a character in the movie yeah and we we're just like that was great yeah I don't know. Gary Busey. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was... I thought it was... So when you said I know, surprise, I, know. I thought you... I was yeah. thinking plot point. No, I, I tried Gary this. Busey... It, this movie was made for Gary Busey. I think this is like Academy he, Award winning performance. Best supporting actor, point break, Gary Busey. For sure. He did for great. For sure, yeah. Now, the 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 cop, the the cop main... main the FBI, like, uh, chief, chief, whatever, yeah. Is yelling the at whole all time. times. And it really pissed yeah. me off. I'm like, there's no reason. I mean, I get it. It's like a movie trope yeah. of, like, the yelling. Yeah. Like, Bad Boys, it goes on for three right. movies that the chief yells, yells the entire I time. I know. Or I'm thinking yeah. of, like, 22 Jumps, 21 Jump Street, yeah, 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 the, yeah. Chi- the chief yelling. Ice Cube. I get it. It's a thing. But so unnecessary. But it it is just funny now yeah. like you see it in every movie um it was an enjoyable movie i will yeah, say the, for the sure misogyny of it the like female character is weak and like we use her as a well, like, she's not, not for the whole movie like no, she's like a I surfer know. and stuff but yeah, yeah. We, we were very we, we were discussing why she needed to be kidnapped in a negligee at one yeah. point just ridiculous um and you know there's some very early on in the movie they just the way that they talk about women is yeah. just like oh yeah. that that was it's a thing that 90s. we did surprising yeah. but um but overall enjoyable movie and what do you give it on the rotten potatoes wait, wait. Oh, sorry, i really sorry. wanted to tell people i know this isn't an original thought this is a thought that you picked up from the i hate it but i love it podcast yes oh yeah yeah okay but i love this yeah you what you tell them uh, so if you don't listen to I Hate It But I Love It podcast, it's my favorite movie podcast. If you like our movie review sections oh, of our, just go listen to them You need to listen instead. to it, especially now they're doing spy movies. So like oh. True Lies is really good. I don't remember what they did the week before. Anyway, they, I listened to the Point Break episode, I don't know, a year or however long ago it came out. And this was so poignant. This, they said, Point Break is the original Fast and Furious movie. And it is. And it 100% Because is. it's like inner circle of Vin friends. Diesel is they're Patrick outlaws. Swayze. You got family. You got respect. You got anti-establishment. That's Vin Diesel. In I case know. You didn't know. Yeah. Oh, I know. Uh, and Keanu is Paul Walker. Yeah. And, and then he's, he's the a cop. cop. And, and then he gets in. And, and then he likes the surfing. And then, uh-oh. And then he... Now you're part of the family, too. You can't get out. The only way to get out is living your life quarter mile at a time. How are you liking the Vin Diesel? Love it. You're not making me stop, Loving. which you typically do on impressions. I'm letting you dig this hole of a voice by yourself. Um, uh, but call once anybody, you... if you want to uh, call me to do Vin Diesel voice Once mails. you said it, I was like, oh, it is. It is. It is, 100%. Because on its face, this yeah. movie, I'm like, okay, bank robbery, surfers, skydiving. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 it's yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot. Gary Busey. But then yeah. you realize it's Fast and the Furious without cars before, like, action sequences were, like, a big thing. 100%. And okay. that's why they did skydiving. They were like, Absolutely. more action. Need something. What do you give it on the Rotten Potatoes? On the Rotten Potatoes scale, I give it different than Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. I give it, like... 
you never can give it as high as I want you to. Go ahead. Oh, wow. I was going to say an eight. Yeah? Because <laughs> everything's an eight. Yeah. Has there been a movie that I didn't give an eight to? The only crappy ones. I give it a 7.5. Okay, why is it lower than an eight? Just because you just decided. Yeah, yeah I give it a 7.5. I-, I give this movie an Anything eight. Anything above a seven I give this for movie me on is, is like I would watch it. An eight only because in 91, it like kicked off this type of like movie that like led into Fast and Furious and like all these other like things. Like a heisty like, movie. Yeah. So, anyway. All right. Second movie. Let's get to A Quiet Place 2. Ugh, wow. <sighs> Such a good movie. Okay. Let's just start with the Rotten Potatoes. Start with it. 10. We gave it a 10. 10. 10. We gave this movie a t- 10. 10. What do you give the first one? I don't want to build one? up too much, yeah, but yeah. like, I give it a 10. Do you give the first one a 10? Honestly, I can't remember. I give the first one a 10, too. Okay. There's but just... you know what I was thinking about? I yeah. really like this one over the last one. They're both good. Yeah. Last one because you had zero They're expectations. Good. They're fantastic. Great. Last one, great because you have zero expectations. It was different than anything you'd seen. But what I liked about this one over the last one is the scope of it is a yeah. little bigger. Like there's different places that you go to. Yeah. Um, versus last time it was very contained, right? Yeah. They were like in the house. Not going to spoil this because this is a movie that's new and you probably didn't see it 30 years we're ago. We're not going to spoil it. But I will say my favorite like aspect of this movie is that it basically just like picks up where the second movie left off like mm-hmm. it's just like hey it's almost like a quiet place part two but like so many part two movies don't do that right they just like, do a whole like different fast story. and furious we just went to miami <laughs> like we just went to a whole different place no that's not what's going on like where tyrese come from like i love him but why what's going on here um this really like to me it's such a great example of a sequel done right of a first movie that did well mm-hmm. don't reinvent the wheel don't like create a whole new storyline. Mm-hmm. Don't do all these things. Just keep going mm-hmm. and just like give me a couple of characters. What's the next natural conclusion? Also, I don't want to tell you anything thematically because I think it kind of spoils it. Yeah. But I love. There are aliens. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I love that the focus shit. I will say the focus shifts to the kids in a way. Yeah. Which I really enjoyed. I loved the sound design aspects of. The first movie was so great at that too because yeah. you have like dead silence yes throughout parts of it which does not happen in a lot of movies yes where you just have to kind of be there and go oh something's coming it was but good I, I don't even know i don't know if they i think they did in the first one where, where there's parts of the movies where you can't hear anything oh, because it's daughter, evelyn's perspective thing. yeah yeah, yeah same thing. anyway wow we, yeah. we were like that was good it is well worth signing up for a paramount plus account <laughs> which we for did seven days and then canceling which right we did. after we did do that yeah uh so also definitely... very confused over what's paramount plus and peacock because i saw another show coming out that i wanted to see and i was all excited because i was like oh i can watch yeah. this movie and and then it was like oh no that's peacock and i'm I, like everybody calm down with I, your pluses and your apps told carol in about 20 years you're just gonna have to download an app for the show you want to watch yeah yeah so it's like download the brooklyn 99 app so you can watch <laughs> no, this show the chicago fire app. i did Download the Chicago, the Chicago <laughs> Fire app. Different than the Chicago PD app. Which different is than Chicago 911. Yeah. Different than Chicago Rescue. Different than Chicago Med. Different than Chicago Lawyers. Chicago. Yeah. Different than Chicago Scientists. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's I saw, where we're going. I saw CSI, the original CSI is coming back with like the original people. Okay. I was like, wow, that really came full circle. Oh, great for you guys. But they never stopped you know making CSIs. Also, Dexter came back. Like, yeah. what? You know who's going to watch CSIs? 
My parents. Our parents. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone who still has CBS. Yeah. All right, everybody. We hope you enjoyed us coming back into your ears with this episode. Lots of good stuff in here. The preamble, the actual message of the, the podcast, wow. our movie You're reviews. You're just going to go ahead and say it. Lots of good stuff in here. I'm more entertaining than anything else. Not oh, helpful. Okay. Yeah, I don't think any of it's helpful but, at all. But you're, but so you think you're peep pretty. Peep frogs. So you think you're entertaining. Peep frogs. Yeah. Eat the peep frog. Eat the peep frog. If you take nothing away. Nothing else. You better eat that peep frog. Enjoy. <laughs>